0: Hi there, good evening and welcome to this I brought this your range podcast. my name is Scott Patterson, it's Sunday night, if you're joining us on your Sunday night and um, we're really grateful for your time, I particularly we're, we're aware there's a music festival on the telly so I'm, I'm glad you're taking time out to come and listen to us. Um, big night, lots to discuss tonight, we, we speak about the new away kit which was launched last week, we speak about various transfer rumours, some Redvan chat, some Tom Lawrence chat who seems to be back into the swing of things, and we also have a headline discussion, which is around the possible season-long signing of Abdallah Seema, so we'll get to that a little bit later on, and indeed, as the show goes on, welcoming our two guests tonight, um, Scott Mitchell joins us. Hi, Scott, how are you, buddy?
1: Very well, mate. I'm um, hoping to get this wrapped up very quickly so we can all go and listen to Elton John sing.
0: <laughs> Who loves a bit of Elton on a Sunday night? Goodness me. Um, And, and joining us as well is Kieran Wallace. Hi, Kieran, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yes, very well, thank you. Listen, Uh, you're both very uh, welcome. Good to have you on. Um, Uh, So, yeah, it's... It's Scott Patterson taking you through for the next hour or so. If you aren't following us on our social media, I recommend you do. We are of course available on Twitter at this is iBrox, Instagram at this is iBrox, and this is iBrox on Facebook. If you are following us on our YouTube channel, please like and subscribe, leave a comment, indeed get yourself involved in the comments tonight. Um, hi to Matthew on Facebook, who leaves us a very special we have people, which of course we are. Um listen, guys, let's get straight into it. The the summer means only one thing, and it's Really, really important that we know what kits we're going to be um, turning out in the new season. I openly admit I bought the home one already. Um, the away one last week, Kieran didn't jump out at me instantly. Um, however, I've also bought that one. Um, <laughs> loads of concept kits were flying around, of course, in the lead up to to things being released. Where are you on on the away kit and the general kit
2: so far this season? I like it. I'm very much of the opinion with football shirts that the plainer they are and the most solid looking, the better. Um, I think, especially the home top. I, I've, I've struggled to see a bad sort of review on the home top. It seems to be extremely popular. The away one, along with that, both both tops look very. I don't know. I, I hate to say plain, but very simple in design. Um, the away top are a wee bit of blue and red through the pinstripes at the bottom, but. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I really do like it. Um, I'm a bit tight to pay 70 quid for it, though, so I've <laughs> not got any yet. Uh, but no, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I like an away kit. I remember, I think it was around about 2000, like the millennium, we brought out the white Nike kit, Aye. Um, and it was just basically all white, a nice wee trim around the sleeve and a a V V-neck, so, well, not like a V-neck, it was like a tight collar and a, the most simplest of shirts, and it was a cracker, so uh, I don't say it reminds me of that, but it's it's simple but effective, and yeah, very nice shirt. Scott Mitchell, you're obviously the guy that looks after all of our design stuff for, for this is iBrox, and probably
0: designing kits is one of the few things that have recently we've not asked you to do. Um, <laughs> I what's your take on on the two kits that have been, that have been released so far? Do you, you fans of them
1: both? Big fan. Um very much like what Kieran was saying. The the simple design, I think, is is a lot better for me. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, an, an all-white kit especially. I have I think everybody likes to look at teams like Real Madrid, et cetera, just all-white, plain, very, very striking when you're looking at it. So, I, for me, big fan of it. Definitely not going to be buying it at 70 quid, just like Kieran was saying. <laughs> a bit too old for that. I've just hit 30, so it's not for me at this age. Um, but... 100%, I don't see any issue with the Castor kits. A lot of people are very critical of them, but for
0: me, you know, it's, it's good quality. And, and interesting, I, I read something last week that um, Castor are really hitting out the park now, as far as I'm concerned with kits. The Newcastle kit for this season is an absolute beauty. It's a cracker. Um, and I, I think that, um, listen, over the fullness of time, they'll, they will, will struggle to, to deal with demand, depending on how many strips clubs are. A licensed and are meant to issue. There'll be at least another one that'll come from us, I'm sure. Um, and I've heard a whisper um, that there's a third kit on the way that could be along the lines of maybe blue and orange stripes for for the third kit, which would be quite interesting. Mm. Um, takes me back to a time when I, um, I we had guys like Hately and Golf, etc. Playing. So we look forward to that. It, there you go. There yeah, you
2: yeah, yeah I,
0: go. absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely not a million miles off for that, my friends. You're absolutely spot on. Listen, is guys... Is cap, Scott? <laughs> <is it, laughs> Exclusively revealed. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, what I want to get on to, guys, we obviously, we've got quite a bit to discuss tonight. Um, the news that, that that broke during the night and is a, a headline for the pod tonight, indeed, is a transfer seemingly close. A season-long loan um, seems to be on the verge with Brighton and Hove Albion for Abdallah Seema. And... Um, Senegalese, full international, 22 years old, moved to, to Brighton from Slavia, Prague back in 2021. Um, and his time um, here, he's been loaned out to Stoke, riddled with injury there, and went to France, to Angers um, up until very recently. In fact, I think just over the weekend, and um, this weekend indeed, he's, he's announced that his time over there has came to an end and he is seeking a new adventure. Um, new adventure I think points to to potentially being in Glasgow. Kieran, he I've done all the obvious things. We've looked at YouTube, we've we've sort of done all the, the obvious analysis that we all do as football fans. And um, he looks a bit raw, I think, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Um but it's clearly someone that can play either side and through the middle. So he's a danger in that sense.
2: Yeah, I remember back to when he played against us um for it was Slavia, Prague, wasn't it? At the yeah. Infamous game at Ibrooks as well, but yeah. it was one of the ones, I, I think I actually spoke to my friend about him, who's an Arsenal fan, because if I'm right, I think Arsenal had a wee bit of interest in him at the time, because yeah. he was pretty young then. Um, and around about that time as well, I can remember when we played against Slavia prague thinking to myself, this is the first time in a long time where we've been outplayed in Europe. I thought they were excellent, aside from Bayer Leverkusen the season before. Yeah. And he led the line very well that night, pulled the ball in well, like... It was very pacey, um, but again, it fits the profile. Twenty two years of uh, twenty two years old, um, it ticks that box of he's maybe lost his way a wee bit. <laughs> it seems to be with saying signing that we're getting. Um, so yeah, the the usual YouTube clips look good. I think his goal that stood out for me was his finish against Brendan Rodgers Leicester. So. A wee bit more of that if he comes, but I looked up and it said that his contract's up for Brighton. I think it's 2025. So if he was to come here on a year's loan deal and does well, and we have got that option to buy, you're talking only a year left on his contract. So there would be the pet- potential for further, but again, I don't know if a 22 year old moving here from the premiership to stick around, but let's wait till we get him in the door first. I'm getting a wee bit ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Scott, one of the things that, that sort of jumps out at me is I think Michael Beale has said
0: previously, and we know that, that I don't want to get in the argument with whether Michael Beale says too much or doesn't say enough or he should zip his mouth almost on occasion. But I think he has said previously that that loans are something that he would maybe rather avoid almost. And um, I think off the back of the Malik Tillman sort of experience that we've just had. And I don't want it to turn into a debate about whether he's coming back to to play. I think it's quite obvious, obvious rather that ship sailed. He doesn't want to come back and play in Scotland, which is fair enough. We wish him all the best. Um, but it's definitely uh a, a market that I think Rangers can can look at and shop in and do it with a bit of confidence because Bayern have sent their player over and on and it looks like over the fullness of time Bayern will be more cash-rich because they're going to make money on a player that has effectively had his opening spell of football quite successfully at Rangers.
1: I, absolutely, and I think touching on the loan market, um, we've had relative success, I think yeah. under Gerard Beal and, and Gio in the loan market. You look at Ryan Kent, he initially came in on loan, and again people could debate whether he was worth the £7 million outlay, but I think at the time and you know, what he brought, winning 55, etc. I think that was a success. The loan market's one that inevitably we're going to have to utilise um, yeah. this season. Look at the the scale of the rebuild that we need. We need to bring in so many players. It's not realistic for us to say we're going to spend money on every single player that comes in. We're going to have frees. We're going to spend a bit of money like we have done in Dessers. But SEMA might be coming in in that loan role, and it might be one of the only loans that we bring in this season, but it could be crucial. Looking at his stats, um, they don't read very very well, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think he was on loan at Angels last season. I don't know if I have butchered that name there. Um, <laughs> Thirty appearances, four goals. So I, I'm not overly excited by him, but yeah. you know, I do remember that Slavia Prague game. Like like Kieran was saying, and again, if we if we put to one side the issues that came out of that game, which yeah. I think was, have been kind of talked about at great length in the past, um, they. Kind of played us off the park at times, and as Kieran said, he led the line very, very admirably in that game. And I think potentially
0: could be a good signing for us. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick with you, Scott. One of the things that we spoke about before we started um, is that I I almost think that for a, assuming we go where front three um, for next season, I almost wonder if Michael Beal looks at the, the the setup that Liverpool has, and rather than having one designated sort of main man up front he's looking at the three so has a nine or a centre one of the three to, to be supported with goals from either side and we've never had that before, I mean we've always thought that we've had good support from as far as assists are concerned for either side but we've always had a almost a striker, a number nine, someone in there, even when you go back to um, to guys like Boyd etc who scored all his goals, do you know what I mean I, I know Kenny Miller supporting more often than not but I think in recent times you've never had sort of great support from from either sides. I wonder now, Scott, if if may maybe looking to to try and supplement the goals from a number nine and a centre figurehead, if you like, with goals from either side, from left and right wing. Again,
1: you'd, you'd imagine so if you look at the stats of the players that were linked with yeah, and the one that we've signed, Lammers doesn't come with a great stock for goal scoring, and, yeah. and that's been kind of widely documented. Dessers, again, if he's one that comes in, not a proven goal scorer, really. Um, but if we've got that rotation, you might not, as you say, you might not need that number nine, that focal point. Alfredo Morelos was was often a focal point for us, and he didn't do a lot of his work inside the box, apart from goal scoring. But a lot yeah. of his work and his best work was outside the box and dragging in players and drawing them out of position for other players to go forward. You then had people like Ryan Kent who you know, could they finish a plate of chips? Um, So, potentially, you're bringing in different players. Morelos could, (laughs) and then some. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if if we're going with this rotation, you know, you likened it to Liverpool, I think that's probably a good um, analysis there. Um, If we were to go with that, then absolutely, I wouldn't be worried. Um, We've got goals from all areas, at the pitch right now. I know he's not done it for us yet, but you see Nico Raskin out there scoring for the Belgian under-21s. There's goals in this team for all areas. So maybe yeah. we don't need a number nine to score his 20, 30 goals a season. Maybe it has to come collectively for the group.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Blue-Nose John um, is watching tonight on YouTube. Hi, Blue-Nose John. Um, and he brings up a really good point. His scoring rate at Slavia Prague, which effectively got him the move to um, to Britain, um, was a goal one. um and almost sorry, one in every two games. Um so a really, really good record they had prior to prior to coming over here in a league that I wouldn't say is hugely different as far as, as quality um is concerned. Um so interesting. Kieran. I wonder and this is a difficult one, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with this because I I think it's a it's all about opinion. How do you feel about us having maybe forwards that are almost deemed to be project players as opposed to having one guy that you know is going to score 10, 15, 20 goals a season.
2: Does that give you a concern even this early on in pre-season? Not really, no, not really. Um, I think Michael Beal is a guy who prides himself on a project and making players better and getting more out of players that can almost punch above their weight. And I think that's probably what's frustrated him about for example, Glenn Kamara, where he's came back and I thought, right, OK, he's maybe lost his way a wee bit here. I can get him back and it's not happened. I've yeah. Um I Went off course a wee bit there. In terms of a striker who's on loan to us, I just don't see it as purely being on loan. I think as well, which hasn't been mentioned, is that the effectiveness of bringing a guy in on loan who we might actually be interested in on a permanent is that it won't be deemed against us this season for financial fair play that we seem to struggle with last year. So yeah. it may not be that he is just a project player. It might be that we are signing them, but it's possibly on loan just now. But it is safe from a business point of view, if it is like one of the folk in the comments said, a try before you buy. Yeah. in situation. So for me, we've seen what he can do, and for John who mentioned that he scored one and two for Slavia, it must have been about nineteen years old then. Yeah, like, that's young phenomenal guy. for a nineteen-year-old. Absolutely, I,
0: I, he's an exciting. I think he's an exciting talent to be linked with, and you know what I mean. I, I, I don't want to go back to Tillman. I but I think when Tillman came over, he, he didn't really have much to work with, so I think everyone largely accepts that this was his first season and sort of competitive football. So we didn't have a record to speak of but how good he was. We, we knew that he looked good technically when we seen him. We knew very early on that he could jump high, which everyone got stars about. Um, but I think he I think over the fullness of time it became more and more apparent what a good player he was. Um, yeah. And again, you know what I mean I go back to what I said earlier on, I think it's a it's a signing that we should look at with a bit of positivity. I think he's versatile enough to come in and do a job for us. Um, CFC Loyal, good evening Douglas, good friend of mine And um, the year we won 55, Kemmer finished his top scorer from right wing, we need two number nines two goal scorers in our front three, With I think he's absolutely right, listen I was at a night with um, with Mark Cately um, courtesy of our friend uh, Jamie Brown the World Ranger in the chat, and one of the things he said um, at the night and he was absolutely adamant for as long as we have a right back who scores more than our strikers, we're going to have a problem um, there, there has to be higher goal scoring Um, input coming from the proper end of the pitch. Um, And that has to start in the Michael regime from sort of the beginning of August. I don't think
2: there's any doubt about that. Um, Listen, it's a good chat. I think it's going to be one that's going to rumble on. Sorry, Kieran. Can I touch on something as well with that front three and the folk that we've been linked with? We've been so used to having a focal point and a nine and two wingers, almost your Matondo, Ken Wright, um, these guys just seem to be wingers that play alongside nine, Going by the guys that we're looking at in terms of your Sema, your Lammers, Dessers, they're all big guys. It looks yeah. like we're going to be going with a physical front three and not so much these wingers. Yeah. And It would not surprise me if we were three-five-two. but you mentioned Mark Hately there and all the guys I'm talking about there are all six foot plus and someone's just said that in the, the comments as well. Historically, we've always had a good big not so much a target man, a good technically uh, able striker who's mm-hmm. big. Dado O'Person, Mark Hateley, yeah. um, even Daniel Kuzan to name a few.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, listen. I completely agree with you. Um, it's just it's an area that that needs sorted. I think it's been a it's been a wee while since we've had a striker that I think we all almost laud down to the performance on the pitch. I think. You know I mean, everyone loves Alfredo for a variety of different reasons, but I think the reality is the last eighteen months he's been missing, and we've not had a a striker to. Do you know what I mean? He's the man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you get new tops come out, you would go and get number nine and whoever it was, the number nine across the back, and think about we Reese in the chat. You know what I mean? When Boyd signed all these times, you were the way getting his top with Boyd in the back of it. You can yeah. imagine. And I'm I'm being facetious, Reese, of course, but it's more of a. Do you know, we don't have that striker that makes you think, You know, if I get a new kit, number nine, and his name's going to the back of it. We don't have that just now. And I think it's really important that that we do have that for the new season starting. Um, listen, Kieran, I'll stick with you. One of the things that, that came uh, came out in the, the press over here last week, I think it was the Rangers review that ran with it um, initially, was that um, Ridvan had been speaking to... Ridvan Yilmaz, sorry, I should say, had been speaking to the... Um, the press and his native Turkey and a couple of sound bites that come out of that. I think importantly um, at the moment he doesn't have any um, intention to return to Turkey or any intention to try and um, manipulate a move to Turkey, which I think is good news. Um, he refers to, and I'll come to Scott Mitchell on this um, shortly, he refers to the the physicality of the game, which I think he found quite bizarre when he arrived um, at the club. But I think the headline in the middle everyone's maybe taking a little bit more cognizance of um was that when he he, he spoke about Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, he said and um, we were more like friends with Giovanni and then it refers to Michael Beale as a little bit more serious in and around the um the training pitch. I think that's a really interesting quote. Giovanni didn't use Red Van a lot because of course he was injured but it was very much his signing. Um, it almost it speaks to a persona that I, Giovanni almost gave almost a I think I referred to the Jekyll and Hyde sort of media sort of face. Um, yeah. Sometimes he would come across as not wanting to reveal much at all when he was speaking to, not necessarily the fans, but do you know what I mean? we all get a lot of our stories from whether it's fan media or written press or speaking press. That's where we get the information from. He would never give a lot. You can't almost imagine him as being, and this is going to sound unfair, I know it was, almost being
2: your pal on the training pitch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it comes down to personality. I think he's compared the two of them and I think Bill more understands the job at hand and the pressure that he's under, whereas I don't think Gio quite grasped that um, domestically. So to me, it kind of sounds like Gio's quite happy to be their pal, but when things weren't going right, it didn't look like the players had his back. Um, It was obvious that they were unhappy about something, um, but... It's a strange one for me when I'm going to maybe ten years time look back in the Van Bronckhurst era. I I, I really don't know how I'll look back on it because domestically we were a shambles from the word go when he came in, but yeah. in Europe we were just a different animal. So it, it is a strange one with to come out and say that that he was more of a friend on the pitch, oh, like, on the training pitch. Sorry, I, I I don't really get where he's going with that. It's almost as if he's thrown him under a bus a wee bit. I think. Yeah. To say that he didn't quite have the discipline, almost, almost to an extent, saying he lost the dressing room because it, it, it sounds like he didn't have have a grasp over the players, but the way that Bill does now, Right. that's the way it sounds to me. But touching on something you said, at the start of you was there as well, Scott. I've never seen a signing come in and within his first year been linked to go home so much in all my life. Exactly, exactly. But I, I I like him, I like what I've seen towards the end of the season, especially the old Firm game. I think he stood up and count, uh, made himself counted there and proved that the physicality wasn't going to get the better of him. He, he looked excellent, I'm looking forward to seeing him next season.
0: Scott Mitchell, I think one of the things that um, Ridvan and I—I I listen, I've—I've I've heard wee bits and PCs. I did believe he was homesick. I didn't think he was particularly enjoying it in Glasgow. He is a relatively young guy. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, but Kieran's absolutely right. He was linked with moves back home, and I appreciate maybe just came from the Turkish press. I get that. I understand that. Um, but there was link after link. For a good sort of three or four months, just shortly after he arrived, almost. I mean, he was almost instantly linked with a loan back to task Many he's re-entered, touched um, the ground in Glasgow. So, I think it's good that he sort of ha- said he's happy to stay. I will quote: he's no plans to turn for now. For now, as <laughs> could mean anything. To be perfectly honest with you, and when you look at. uh If you look at it from a financial perspective, he is unquestionably someone who I think Rangers could make money from. So it'll be interesting to see how long form now really is. The one thing I want to speak to you about, Scott, is he did get a bit of a a doing when he arrived as far as the the competitiveness of the game. And he has revealed himself that the physicality generally really surprised him when he arrived in Scotland.
1: Yeah, and you know he was very complimentary in the interview about uh, Scottish football, actually, um, he yeah. says that the physical quality is higher in Scotland um, <laughs> and, and strength in Scotland is at a different level. And I think when you think about Scottish football, you do you, you realize it's a strong game, it's a quick game, but you don't think that it's on a different level to Turkish football. I think everybody looks at that and thinks it's a it's a second tier um, league, and we're maybe a third tier league if we're if we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear him say that, but. It makes sense. He comes in, he's not physically ready to play the game. He doesn't play games, and then that's where the Turkish media just start putting two and two together and making five um, and saying, oh, he's not fitting in, he's homesick, he wants to go home. Yet Red Van Yilmaz is going to be here for next season at least, if not a little bit longer, but undoubtedly, as you say, he's one of our most sellable assets. Early 20s, Turkish international already, and the boy's an absolute gem. I'm, I'm a bit worried when you're hearing that Borna Baris is just getting a, a contract renewal because that suggests to me that there's going to be either be a bit of rotation between him and uh, Ridvan, or that Ridvan might not be getting as much game time next season. If that's the case, I'll be really annoyed. I hope Ridvan is the starting left-back next season, and that Bournemouth, if anything, is going to be second choice, maybe even third choice, who knows?
0: So it's funny you say that, Scott, because that's where I was going to come to you next, is he, I assume he's your first-choice left-back for next season.
1: 100%. I mean, the one thing we saw when he first came in, is technically, how good he is—it's—I uh, it, don't know if I've been conditioned because I've been watching Borna for so long, but to see a left back actually go on and take somebody on and beat them with a bit of skill and a bit of pace—it's it, a breath of fresh air. I think the boy is—is is all the makings of being a very, very good left back for his mate. I was going to go and say he's going to be as good as Arthur, but he's not—he's not that level at all. But <laughs> he's getting—he's get the makings of a very, very good left back, and it excites me when I see him in the in, in the team. Yeah. Um, I don't know if everybody else feels like that, but it's just something different. Even for for Tav on the right, he's so different to, to what Tav does on there. He's just very technically gifted, and he yeah. understands the game very, very well. As well as being a quick wee guy, if he's going to be bulking up and becoming a wee unit, absolutely brilliant as well.
0: So, Kearney would he would absolutely be my first choice left back for next season. I think he, he for the games in the split, I thought he played really well. And um, I thought, like you. I, I felt the game um, against Celtic Hydroxy was excellent. Um, I mean, he was one of many excellent players that afternoon. But I thought that afternoon he was really good. Um, CF3 loyal Dougie, is, is back in the chat again. Hopefully, Redvan is practicing his final ball this summer. It's the one big development area of his game. Borna is a great model in that regard. And I think that's true. I mean, I, I I think it's unfair to to dismiss Borna Barisic. I think he is probably the the best sort of deliverer um, of the ball in the squad. Um, I, I he can deliver a mean ball from, from either side. How many times have we seen goals from a, a Borna Barris, It's the Helander header um, against Celtic a, a couple of years ago, you know what I mean, from that wonderful corner kick. It's, it's one thing that Borna absolutely has
2: up his sleeve. Kieran, would you go in with him as as number one left back for next season? this things stand just now? Yeah, for me it would be Ridvan. Um, if we're talking about a rebuild and we're talking about freshening up, I think Redvan gives... That almost that dimension that Bill looks for in his style of play, where he can get forward. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Borna Barisic as well, um, but some of the big games last year, I felt that Bonner was very safe and he went back to his uh, centre back quite often. Where yeah. someone a bit more mobile and agile, with a bit of pace about them, would go forward. And I think Red Van gives us that. He gives. He gives the opposition fullbacks something to think about that he's going to bomb forward. He's going to get in the positions, and I think Dougie makes a great point about his final ball. But yeah. again, I can't see his crossing the ball as much under under Bill. With his, we're really going to see Stella play coming in with his team almost. I felt under Van Bronckhorst, I think everybody will be the same that we threw balls into the box far too much from crossing opportunities. So <laughs> Yeah, it's well sorry. They were aimless balls more often than not as well. Exactly, exactly. So someone that can hit the byline and almost create chances in that sense is what Yulmaz gives us. But Bonner doesn't really give us that. Sometimes you can be a bit of a stinking violet when the chips are down. Don't get me wrong, I actually think Barisic had a half-decent season. Probably one of our better players. Um, Listen, something that I, I can't sort of stroll by on the week when
0: we bring back the good doctor, Ty Brock, mm. in 72, suggests maybe the five to seven pounds of muscle added on for Red Fan Yelmaz was the reason for his hamstring injury. Um and best to walk away from that, I think. <laughs> um no listen, it's a great chat. I, I do think Yelmaz will go into the um the new season as as the starting life back. I think he should be, as I say, I reckon that um based on his performances in the split, I think you can safely say that it's, it's something that he absolutely deserves and um, I'll be quite happy if he's down the left and James Tavernier is down the right um, to be perfectly honest with you one other person who I think we're all going to be happy to see coming back for next season Kieran this Tom Lawrence um, seems to be and I want to use the, the terminology that seems to be something that all the cool kids are using nowadays he's cooking um, and it seems that he's back in pre season. He seems to be. De- Sorry, Scott, come on, mate. Uh-huh. I'm older than the pair of you, so I'm trying. Um, he seems to be getting himself back into a fashion that at least he's
2: going to be ready um, to get involved pre season. Yeah, that part is more Tom Kitchen than it is Tom Lawrence, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, it'd be wonderful to see him back. We've seen that goal at Hibs away last year. We've seen his goal against PSV, then the one off the bar away from it all the signs that he can really kick on and do well at Rangers and maybe even play a part in that front three. So it was great to see that, actually. And I looked at the complex that he was training at. I think it's called the campus. And if yeah. I remember rightly, this is where Gerard took the players back in one of his first seasons here. I think he could yeah, he well. I was trying to look for other wee nuggets to see if anyone had posted anything of him there to see what kind of training he was doing. But, now nah, delighted to see him back. People don't think about the side of the player when he's out, we always just think about the team and how much we miss them. But yeah. it must have just been a torrid time for him with the injuries and I think is this his second operation or is this just to clear things up from the original injury? So and
0: I, I, I know that and um, again I'll refer to JB in the chat. He's got better knowledge um about this than me. I think they I think he's second he's second up. Um is, is what I would say. And I I don't know if um I don't know if the the second, the first stop was. I don't want to say correct. but I don't think it was. To be perfectly honest with you, I think I think it's good to see him back into. You know, often you hear players talk about getting back on the training pitch and getting back on the, the green with the sort of ball or foot and all that. And um, Tom Lawrence hasn't done a lot of that in about a year. And um, so I, I don't think you can underestimate the effect of. of just him getting back onto the grass, Scott Mitchell, and and having that opportunity to, um, to familiarise himself again with things, you know. And I know that I know that sounds pretty nonsensical, but for for a guy who's not been able to strike a blow, as I say, for the best part of a year. Um, and I don't want to say he'll be like a new player. However, um, he's really going to be, isn't he? effectively is a new player. I mean, what did we get out of him?
1: It must be less than 10, 15 games we got out of him last season. Sure, yeah. um, so it is going to be like a new signing. The worry for me is, does he fit into the Bill system? Because we don't know that yet. Um, right. We know that he worked in the Geo system. We know he was effective in the Geo system. But I'd, I'd be interested to see where he fits in Bill's mind and if he does fit in, in biel's sort of mind. Um, he's one that I think when everybody's putting their squad lists together, you forget about him very, very easily because it's as if he's not been there Um, but as as Kieran rightly said some of the goals that he scored last season some of the positions that he got himself in he's he's a fantastic player a very very good player I I hope I'm not bigging him up more than he should be here because I know we've got a habit of doing that when players are injured they get better every week that sort of thing Um, but I do think that Tom Lawrence could play a decent role next year if given the opportunity but time will tell really with that one unfortunately. Yeah, And Scott
0: Mitchell, I'll stay with you Interestingly, Rangers on Tour Refers to um, Lawrence and Hadji Almost being, I assume and Rangers on Tour means managed the same way As far as our recovery et cetera, is concerned. I think it's a really fair point um, I'm still not Entirely convinced Hadji's going to be around Next season, to be perfectly honest with you However, um, I think that's Absolutely fair, Hadji was kind of um, Very slowly edged back into um game time last season. Um and listen, I, I think both are excellent players, but you're right, it'll be interesting to see where indeed if both fit into the Michael Beale we're playing.
1: Absolutely. Um on Hadji I'm I'm starting to lean towards the same as yourself, whether he's going to be here next year uh, next season. Uh, this season, it's 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 in a few weeks' time we should call it this season really, shouldn't yeah, we? I know. Um, yeah. Um it's weird. Um Haji, for me I'd expect him to be able to hit the ground running, but there's doubts in my mind over his overall fitness levels now after that injury. Um, right. there's, there's Ross chiming in. Thank you very much for for watching, Ross. Um, <laughs> I, I remember was it was it Hibbs away that Haji started and he just looked completely off it right. um, until his goal, I believe. Um, I, I don't know whether he's going to be able to hit the same heights that he did pre-injury. I don't know if yeah. we're going to see, you know, Braga levels from Yanis Haji, but if he can get anywhere near that again he could be an effective player but I'm, I'm with you on that one Scott I could potentially see him nearing the exit door I think the Galatasaray
0: rumours are never going to go away when it comes to Yanis Hadji Yeah absolutely and I, listen I think you, you know, I I've, I think one of the guys in the chat Gab Kelly actually indeed um, refers to um, Haji how sorry the brand Haji's I, is a great for Rangers to have, you know what I mean? But we're a football club and we need them to play, so it's great, he's, do you know what I mean, handsome guy, he's Georgie Hadge's boy, he's a very, very good footballer, but we need him to play, um, and, and you know what I mean, I appreciate he's had the, the really bad injury, um, but he's definitely not a sign-in that, um, or he's not a player, rather, um, that I think will be a, a first-team selection for, for next season. Um, so again, Another interesting one, um, and and one to, to keep an eye on between now and the, the transfer window slamming shut between now and I think it is, is it the end of August when that. That's shuts right. Something it like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Listen, that takes us quite nicely into transfer rumours. The two that are obvious now, and Kieran, I'm going to give the floor to you because I know you're desperate to speak this about Jose Facifuentez.
2: Hmm. Um,
0: out of contract on the 1st of July. Um, sorry, yeah, he has out of contract. I think on the 1st of July, which allows him to to sort of discuss a new contract. Um, with A and other. Um, I'd be very surprised if the move to Rangers isn't close considering how long we've been speaking about that now.
2: Yeah, I think I'm of the opinion that, come on, can we just get this over and done with (laughs) and shit through? It just seems to have rumbled on. And I think it might have been Gav as well said in the chat the other day that didn't he play with Ecuador and flew home through the night and then played with LAFC like 70 minutes the next day? Like, that is... (sighs) That is crazy in terms of fitness and you think about things like sports science where players might need a rest. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at that too much, but he played 90 minutes last night as well for LAFC. So if we are that far down the line with it, then you'd be saying to them, right, come on, if, if this transfer is going ahead, then he shouldn't be playing. So we're obviously not that far down the line. I, I believe it's that we've probably agreed terms with him and his, his representative, you know that, obviously we can't talk to him till 1st of July, but these things do go on. Of course. Um, um, but in terms of the transfer, you know what we're like. We're probably going to negotiate a fee right up until the 31st of August. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of Sifuentes, one of the ones that would excite is I'll be really honest, the signings have been good so far, but there's not really one that excites me as much as the Sifuentes rumour. Yeah. So, Fingers, fingers crossed we can get this one over the line soon enough, but I believe like it yourself, it's going to be around about the 1st of July when, when you can be a wee bit more vocal about speaking to players. Absolutely. Scott Mitchell, it was interesting to hear Michael Beale said
0: that, um, and I think it, this was actually around about when the Sifuentes story started to break and started to gallop a little bit. Um, Michael Beale actually said, you know what I mean? There may be one or two that we're just going to have to be patient on and everyone will find out about them over the fullness of time, but there is going to have to be a bit of... Do you know what I mean? Big, deep breaths until this actually gets signed, sealed and delivered? Probably. Um, it, it's worrying. I hadn't even thought
1: about it until Kieran's mentioned it there, though. But if this is one that drags on, then potentially we could have a, a Cantwell and Raskin situation on our hands there where the players come in too late yeah. and we really needed them about a month before. If that's the case with this one, then we just need to push the boat out because I know a little bit about Fuentes, signed him for Rangers on my football manager, save. So if anybody wants to know. Uh, I'm also on <laughs> an LA hat today for Cifuentes. Um So, I, I'm, I'm excited by him as well. I just think he can add a different dimension in that midfield. I mean, a midfield um, of Cantwell, Raskin and Fuentes, that gets your plums pumping, really, when you're thinking about it. Um, so, it's it's a sign, I think, that we really need to do push the boat on, on that one. But feels right, we, we do still need to remain patient. We need to temper our expectations as fans because, yes, we want him in the door. But if it's a difference between paying one million and one and a half million, you just save 500,000 pounds there, and we're a business at the end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And um, Scott Mitchell, I'll stay with you. And um, Dessers is the one that's that's kind of dragged on a little bit as well. And do you know what I mean? He almost I, I referred to our forwards almost been kind of project players. He's 28 years old. I don't think we can afford for him to be a project player, to be perfectly honest with you. He, if he is coming in, I think he's going to have to be one of the forwards that you need to get goals out of. I don't think he can afford to to bring in a guy at 28. Kemenesi, I think, are wanting, settling off of three and a half million to to bring him in. If you're putting that early on him, he has to come and score goals.
1: Absolutely. But again, we'd say that about, Every player that's brought in, we'll say it about Lammers as well. Lammers has to come in and do the business, whether that's scoring goals or creating goals. He he has to come in and hit the ground running, especially with the outlay for these players. Um, so it, it's not exclusive to Dessers. I don't know enough about Dessers to say whether I think he's going to be good or not, unfortunately, but he has to come in and hit the ground running. And that's where Michael Beal, and it is all on Michael Beal now, because there's no Ross Wilson to hide behind. Absolutely. That's where Michael Beal has to get it right, um, especially for spending money. Otherwise, if he does not, it's it's you know it's, it's his arse in there. He's going to get the, the one that gets kicked.
0: Yeah, and and listen, Keir, I think that's a really good point that Scott makes. The the onus, if you like, of this transfer window is one hundred percent absolutely on Michael Beale. Previously, when transfer windows maybe haven't called according to plan, and we've done a bit of finger wagging at sort of Ross Wilson previously, and um, the the. The spotlight in this case is absolutely and very much on Michael Beal. He's, I, I assume, would be identifying a vast majority of the players to to go and We know that he's going armed with a presentation. We know that he's going meeting these guys. We know that he's going speaking to speak them and, and picking up the club and hoping that they buy into what he's trying to do. We've, we've heard the comments from Sterling and Butland, Ciarán Dowles, referred to just how that approach, I think, was one of the, the main drivers for me come up the road here. And... Um, so the pressure's
2: absolute on him, on him. These are his players that he's effectively bringing in. Yeah, 100%. And The funny thing is, I, I could guarantee that some of these targets had been identified before he came in. So some yeah. of them will be Ross Wilson targets, but we'll never find out. But as you guys say, it's, it's all on Bill. He's going to be the guy that basically either cops it or takes all the plaudits for when it comes off. So we'll speak Absolutely. positively like that. But um, but I've I've been impressed. I like what I've seen so far. I like that we're going after sort of young players that are yet to flourish in their career. Yes, OK, you look at Lammers, and we've already spoke of Sima that they've lost their way a wee bit. Throw Dessler's in there as well. But this is a good league to come up and revitalise your career. We've seen that with Todd Cantwell. But... Like you mentioned as well, Nico Raskin, that's the type of signing that we need to make, not as in like a centre mid from Belgium, more as in a promising talent that is going to get sold on for a profit and is going to sell on with a sell-on fee that we're going to make money on down the line. I think that's where the team across the city from is seem to have an advantage that every time a player's sold on, they've got that sell-on clause. We need to be very much in that market as well. So... Listen, I'm happy with the guys who have been linked with, Dijon Sterling especially. Kieran Dow's probably one that's going to take folk by surprise in terms of there's no pressure on them. No, I don't think Andy's expecting much from Dow. but everything you read about him is he's a very, very talented player. So there's another one that's probably going to fit into that Tom Lawrence bracket where... We didn't really know what to expect from Tom Lawrence unless you watched Darby all these seasons. Absolutely. He then becomes a fan favourite. I think we'll probably see that we do. Judy was boring.
0: Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Much of the guys that we've been linked with so far have been on the offensive side of things. There was a story that broke this morning. I think it was Sport that, that broke it online to say that um, discussions that we have been having, Kieran, with the boy Panzo at Nottingham Forest was, of course, on loan at, at Coventry um, last season seemed to have broken down based on the, the money that Ross Wilson is looking for, for Rangers to pay um, Nottingham Forest for Panzo. He, just, Listen, I think this boy's a, a, good, a, a good defender. I think he'd be a good option to bring in. Um, if he's coming in, you would imagine that Ben Davies has to be one of the guys that will be disappearing this
2: summer in some way, shape or form. Yes, I'm going to completely disagree with you here, Scott. Um, okay. I seen Panzo in that playoff with Coventry. Yep. I, I didn't really want to judge him on the error that he made that nearly cost him the game there and then. Yep. So when we were linked, I, I thought right, okay, I can't be the only one that judges him here. I watched as much footage as I can on YouTube, try to convince myself that he looked a good player. I thought he looked terrible. I thought yep. in the air he looked absolutely awful. So the fact that things are starting to cool on it, I'd be quite happy at that. In terms of Ben Davis, I think that's one that the club are seeing that maybe we can get money for. Maybe we can recoup some of the money that we've made. And again, smart business, buying a young English centre-back that's done well in the Championship down there, knowing that we could probably get that money back for him. So if they see that as, right, okay, we can get four million in there. Four million is good money for Ben Davis. If we can get that sort of figure for them, that can be reinvested elsewhere. Four million would probably get you Dessers right now. Yeah, uh, no, that's, and that's a good point. I think that's where they have to be. They have to be clever with any cash they bring in
0: um, and they have to probably be smarter with it um, when, they, when they put the cash out. Scott Mitchell, Aaron Trusty is another name that, that's kind of been linked over the last wee while from that defensive um, perspective. We're always looking at guys who have came through um, youth levels at big clubs down south and maybe spent a bit of time out in loan last season, which I think is, is quite good. I wonder what it means for, you know, if you're John Suter, for example, had a cracking end to last season, really good end to last season, he's looking in and he's seeing sort of young defenders that are coming up through places like um, Arsenal uh, or, or Nottingham Forest and they're playing at a, a level down there. I wonder if you're thinking, mm, I wonder if I need to, I wonder what I need to do to be considered. That I don't think the Rangers fans particularly consider John Souter, and I know that he's had his injury problems. I get that. Um, the season before he came to Rangers, a cracking season at Hearts, very very good at Hearts. Um, hasn't been lucky um, this last season at Rangers. I think that's absolutely obvious to everyone. Um, I just wonder what John Souter has to do to be considered as a as a defensive partner to Connor Goldson.
1: I don't think he can do much more, if I'm totally honest. He's obviously had his, his brain fart moment at, at Parkhead, yeah, yeah. but he's recovered admirably from that. Um, you know, The performances he's put in since, I think, have been brilliant. Um, he, he exercised his demons from that game by scoring against that lot. So, yeah. I mean, th- for me, John Sutter is definitely in the picture. He might not be number two centre-back. He might be number three, but as Kieran rightly said earlier on, there's a possibility we go to a back five or a back three, and then John Sutter's right back in the picture. Yeah. I think it's it's important, and I th- I'm sure I've heard Bill mention this, but it's important that we do have a left-sided centre-half as well. He loves Absolutely. that idea. And I think as a team, we love that idea as well. So it does highlight to me that, since we're, highlight- since we're targeting plans, it highlights to me that Ben Davies probably is one for the departure lounge. Yeah. Um I wish Kieran had been a little bit more concrete on whether he liked Panzo or not. I'm kind of unsure. that <laughs> uh, he thinks he's a good signing. Um but I think
2: the fence.
1: Um but I think it's it's probably right. So the Austin Trust, I don't know much about him. I know he's an American boy, if I'm right in saying. Is he a left side yeah. defender as well then? Right?
0: I, I think he can't. I mean, I am not entirely sure if he's completely left sided, to be brutally honest with you, but I've, I've... I, there was a couple of guys, I, I watched Birmingham a couple of times last season for a variety of different reasons, um, and if we were going to sign a Birmingham defender that wasn't their own, I would much rather we went for the boy Sanderson, who was on loan there from Wolves, and I think has been sort of fleetingly mentioned in the past as well. Um, I think it's an interest that's kind of disappeared, to be perfectly honest can you, considering the, the trusty and panzo um, interest has become a bit more concrete. But um, listen, I think if we were going to sign one of... Birmingham's centre half that so were on loan from a premiership club, I would probably go with Sanderson. I think he looked a better defender generally, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, listen, that's really where we are as far as transfer rumours are concerned. There is one that sort of appeared later on today for Daniel, who is at um Feyenoord, and I think he could be the next name that we hear um, over the next sort of week to ten days, particularly assuming the um the Dessers story maybe doesn't come off or the, that move doesn't come off, he may be the next person that, that we go to. Kieran, I think importantly now, we're aware that the the players return to pre-season training on Friday, which I would suggest is things like bleak tests and how was your summer, all that sort of high five nonsense. <laughs> um, going into pre-season, the guys coming back, what do we think we still need between now and Friday? Not from a uh, Sort of transfer window perspective because I think everyone appreciates that we, we, we need more bodies. Um, what are you disappointed that maybe we don't have just now going into pre season training return on Friday?
2: And uh, I'm, I'm trying to think the best way to put this. I don't think a direct Ryan Kent replacement, but the only one that really sort of is a like for like that we've been linked with is Lewis Palmer, which yeah. is completely is, went dead silent on that. Right. So for me, we need to. I'm disappointed we've not brought someone in in that role. Um, To be perfectly honest, I think Bill spoke recently saying that we are ahead of ourselves. We're ahead of schedule in terms of transfers. So he'll be delighted with what we've got in so far. I'm quite happy with what we've got in so far. But again, I think we're still missing a striker, a winger, possibly centre midfielder. It looks very much like it will be Sifuentes. Again, though he's not going to need a preseason. He's played consistently across the past few months. So yeah. uh, our, our focal point as a striker, because I think we're only what five weeks away from our first game. You want to be getting him in the in the door, worked into the systems properly, game fit. Because we don't know we don't know who it's going to be. If it is Dessers, then obviously the Dutch season ended at the same time as ours. He's yeah. going to need a preseason. So it's it's interesting, but. I'd say very much we we need a, a winger, not that I think we're going to play with natural wingers, but that sort of a winger inverted into a ten the way Kent was famously done. Yeah. Then again, the name Kumar Roof sort of splits opinion. So <laughs> when you see affect Kumar Roof, the doc's back. So <laughs> there's another one to consider, but no I, we need a game changer. We need a creator, someone that can make something out of nothing the way that Kent did. We definitely need someone in that role. I would be stunned if we didn't bring someone in. I'd also be disappointed. Scott, same question to you. There's the lack of new offensive
0: faces. That doesn't sound right. New offensive talent um, between now and Friday to all the fancy cars, rocking and Elk and Howie. Does that give you a concern that we don't have many new, I'll just say it, number nine. It does. Um, I'm not offended
1: by any of the faces, if that's where you were going to answer your question. Um, it, it, it scares me a wee bit because I know we were talking earlier. We don't need that focal point. Potentially, we're going to have a, a rotation within the front three, but not having that number nine for me, that that striker, scares me a wee bit. Because I'm just thinking during all the match practice or the training sessions, who are they? Who are they sending these crosses into? Right. And is is oh, that oh. Than, if it's Kemar Roof, fantastic, but. I don't see him, even with the magic doctor in there and, he's, and all of his coffee. Um, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see him Ruth hitting 30 games a season, unfortunately. But yeah, number nine for me is definitely the one.
0: Yeah. Listen, Scott Mitchell, it's always good to have you on. I appreciate you coming on. Hike the summer and we we'd probably will finish so you can go and watch your idol on the telly. Um, so listen, it's good to have you on. Thanks for
2: joining us time. Thanks again, guys. Kieran, good to see you as well, buddy. Good to have you on a Sunday. Always a pleasure, yeah. My first wee Sunday in a while, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy talking about transfers and transfer rumours. I think that's the one that everybody enjoys. I just hope we can get some of them over the line, especially, like you say, the offensive ones. I felt like we matched Celtic last season, defence to midfield, so if we can get these offensive ones in that are going to bang the goals in, then I'd be delighted. But no, thanks for having me again, Scott. You're very welcome. Listen, on offensive sign, we should say that Gus Denham, um, one of our writers, has done an article
0: across on our website. It's across at all the W's It's an analysis piece on Sam Lammers, which is well worth sort of five minutes of your time. Jump in there and, and have a look if you can. Um don't forget we are back on Wednesday night for the final pre-season show before the guys return to um normal programming for us next week. And of course the players are back in Um, for pre-season on training. If you have enjoyed this tonight, please, by all means, continue to leave your comments, like and subscribe to the videos across on our uh, YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing there. Put the notifications on so you get a notification each time we go live. Um, As I say, Ross is back on Wednesday. If you're not following us across the socials, we're available on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Ibrox and we're also on Facebook um, at This Is Ibrox. I am back next week. Um, Don't forget to check out Ross on Wednesday. Thanks for watching. Good night.